It's a new day and time for another NCEA podcast. Before we begin, guess which diocese our guests are from today. Here's your hints. This diocese has 36 Catholic schools and over 13,000 students. It's one of 15 in its state. And it just so happens to be home to NCEA 2023, NCEA's annual convention. Join me on a virtual tour to, I hope you guessed it, Texas, as we visit the Diocese of Dallas. I'm Laura MacDonald, and this is NCEA Podcast Convention Edition. With NCEA 2023 planning underway, we are too excited not to start sharing some of the options for our participants. The Diocese of Dallas will be generously hosting tours at seven of their Catholic schools. And today we have joining us administrators from five of these Dallas schools. I promise to share registration information at the end of the podcast so you can find out how to get on the bus to one of these wonderful schools. But let's dig right in and start. Let's welcome Shauna Druffner, Principal All Saints Catholic School. Good afternoon, Laura. Chad Riley, Principal at Bishop Lynch High School. Hi, Laura. Happy to be here. Thank you. Chad Evans, Principal at John Paul II High School. Thank you very much, Laura, for the invitation. Happy to be here. <laughs> Diane Brungart, Principal at St. Philip and St. Augustine. Hi, Laura. Thank you for having me. And Carmen Fernandez, Principal at Notre Dame School of Dallas. So excited to be here, Laura. And we're happy to have you. Thank you for being with us. I know your schedules as principals is, is a little bit difficult. So um, it's, it's great to have us all in one virtual room together. So as you know, an excellent Catholic school is guided and driven by a clearly communicated mission that is consistent and understood by the entire faculty and staff. Every school should have an elevator speech and all our staff members should know it. So let's do it. Tell us about your school and let's start with you, Shauna. Thank you. Um, well, All Saints is a really unique place. I've been here for 24 years of various capacities. Um, I would best describe it as an authentically Catholic, academically rigorous school. We're really proud of it. Our charism is excellence, and we have excellence in the four pillars, faith, academic, service, and character. We're all about developing the excellence in each student so they can use their God-given gifts for the glory of God. Um, in addition to our core subjects and, and all the all the five core, we have an honors program for upper school, and then we have amazing co-curricular opportunities, Mandarin, Spanish, orchestra, band, art, and of course, our state-of-the-art innovation lab. Um, this is important because we want the students to have knowledge and interest in learning ignited and foster that over 11 years. Um, I love watching the students grow and develop into saints and scholars. Very nice. So you mentioned you have an innovation lab. Can you tell us a little about that? Absolutely. It was the brainchild of our former pastor, Father Alphonse Nazaro, and he wanted to create a space, a really unique space where kids could come in the building and explore all the different design, engineering, coding, robotics options. He really correctly understood that these 21st century skills are absolutely critical for our students. So we have a really unique program. We have two dedicated teachers, one for upper school, one for lower school, and all students in the building pre-K-3 through eighth grade, come to the Innovation Lab twice a week um, where they learn coding, robotics, graphic design, logical sequencing, presentation skills. 
So it's a really unique place and it highlights the real world applicability of what we're trying to do. So we're really proud of it. Sounds like a dream lab. It is. Um, so um, I, I read a little about your school and, and it said that you're a three time national blue ribbon recipient um, without establishing supportive and collaborative networks this is probably impossible. So can you tell us a little bit about collaboration at your school? Absolutely. Collaboration is really key. And it's ironic because that was our theme. Every year I choose a theme. And this year, the theme was culture of collaboration. Um, My philosophy on learning is learning doesn't happen in silos. And we want every aspect of deep learning to happen from a cross-curricular standpoint. We want the students not only to know what they're learning, but why they're learning it. And when you go to problem solving in the world, it's multifaceted. Um, So every course uh, teacher and specialist teacher is looking at problem solving and bringing in all the different um, mechanisms that that problem presents. And it's really a great way, very intentional way of teaching. Um, We foster professional learning communities for all our teachers, and they go monthly to those um, so they can have intentional time to collaborate. It's really more than just cross-curricular projects. It's a whole philosophy of why, why we're learning what we're learning and how we can use and solve that to build the kingdom of God on earth. Wow, what a success. So um, I see that you are on our um, list of sessions at our convention as well, and you'll be doing Rebooting the Culture, a blueprint for building an authentically Catholic, academically rigorous school. Is that correct? That is a mouthful. <laughs> yes, it is. I got through it, though. So um you know, if you're going to be at our convention and you heard something and like to know more, not only can you visit Shauna's school, All Saints, you can attend her session, Rebooting the Culture. I'll just stick with the first part of it. You know, way freebies, so you should. <laughs> oh, freebies are always good. Yes. <laughs> Little bribery there. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, it's great to have you here. So let's go on and talk to Diane. Um, Broomgard. She's at St. Philip and St. Augustine Catholic Academy. And tell us a little bit about your school, Diane. Thank you for having me. Um, St. Philip and St. Augustine Catholic Academy is located in Southeast Dallas. We were originally built in the 1950s and then combined uh, St. Philip's and St. Augustine in 2015. We serve a very unique community. We are not a parish school, but a community school. So we draw from students from many different parishes in the area. Um, We are primarily Hispanic. Um, We have quite a few, a pretty high percentage of families who live below the poverty line. So we try to bring lots of different experiences and opportunities to our families and students that they may not have elsewhere. Um, We have... Yeah, most of our families come to us, um, yes, for the Catholic education, but also for safety. That's a big, it's a big thing in our area. So kids can come here and be able and willing to take risks on their education and spend time learning and not worrying about safety issues. Well, that's important. Um, You mentioned um, tuition and that you have the one of the lowest tuition rates in the area. How are you able to keep that tuition down? I know that's a challenge for many of our schools in the country. 
Absolutely. It's a challenge for us every day, just like all of the principals on this call. Um, You know, first of all, we work very hard to be good stewards with our resources, with our time and money. Um, We also have an excellent board. Our school board is fantastic. And we have quite a few people who help us write grants and secure community partnerships um, that really help us uh, receive a, a pretty high amount of tuition assistance so that we can help our families and keep our tuition low. Thank you. Um, You also talk about your school as being family-centered and you have very strong values about community. Um, What does that look like at your school? Absolutely. We work really hard to build community within our school, within our classrooms and our families. Um, The thing that students say when they leave here is that they miss their second family. That's what we want to be for all of our students. Uh, We do parenting education classes for our families. We have lots of activities on campus. We want them to feel like this is their second home, so they're ready to come here and be comfortable and learn as much as they can. Well, what a benefit for your community. Thank you very much, Diane, for being here. So Carmen, Carmen Fernandez, principal at Notre Dame of Dallas, and you serve um, developmental disabilities ages Mm -hmm. 6 through 22. Is that correct? That's correct. So tell us about your school. So just as you said, we educate students with mild to moderate developmental disabilities. Um, I think one of the unique things about our school as a Catholic school is that majority of our students are not Catholic. So, um, you know, our mission of of the school and the School Sisters of Notre Dame who founded our school. We're getting ready to celebrate 60 years of educating students with disabilities um, is that we are here to serve the student that needs our program. So our tuition is at a low cost. Um, We have to raise half of the tuition for students. So we only, our tuition is only half of the cost it it takes to educate a student, especially with our Uh small class sizes and with our teacher to student ratio, which is um, five to six to one. So, you know, it's six max to one student. So we're very uh, faculty staff heavy. Um, So we're dedicating to make sure that each student reached their full potential, you know, and discover their gifts. Something I found very interesting in reading about your school as you serve over 80 different zip codes. Yes, we do. Um, Talk about this accomplishment. Well, you know, I think students come in, um, you know, from public school, we usually get very traumatized students coming in. So, um, and they're looking for specific education and they're looking for our our one-on-one, our individualized educational plans that we have for each one of our students. So our educational plans are very individualized, even over public school and their IEPs. Um, And one of our fastest growing programs and our strongest program is our vocational training program. And so we have over 30 community partners job sites where students are able to not only learn the academic, functional academic skills within the school, but they're able to take that out into the community, which is generalizing that information. So, you know, it's kind of a different level of, of um, All Saints School, where she was talking about, you know, this the cross curriculum and taking this out. And it's kind of the same concept. I mean, if you can learn to count money in the classroom, can you really take that and purchase something out in the community? And so for our, this, the population that we educate, we have to go out and do hands-on, real life, in the environment learning. And that's one of um, the reasons that that students come from all over, um, you know, all over the Metroplex, 
And we have even had families that moved from another country to come to our school or another state to come to our school or another city to come to our school. And the secondly is that, you know, they are families looking for a Catholic education. Their kids are going to saying, you know, St. Philip and Augustine, their, their, their siblings are going there. Their siblings are going to other Catholic schools. And so those parents that look for a Catholic school to educate their student are, are here for we do sacrament preparation, which sadly, sometimes in this diocese is not offered through their home parish. So there are families that come to us specifically, you know, saying, my child is going to All Saints. I want a Catholic education for my child. And so we are, you know, an option right now, a very good option. Yes. Congratulations on that. Um, so you also invite Catholic students from other schools to volunteer as part of service in the yes. service. Can you tell us a little more about that? I love that. Yes. So uh, we, I look at it as kind of reverse inclusion. So our students do um, in their environment, you know, um, when we look at sensory adaptation in an environment that for a student on the, on the autism spectrum or with special needs will be so overwhelmed in a new environment. So if we bring other schools within our school, they get to see the best of our students. They're in their environment. There's there's not the sensory adaptation that everybody, we all go through in the dark room. We're trying to see the light. And so our students are working a hundred times harder to adjust to sensory issues that they're not used to. And so one of our um, longest partners that we've had, and I have to you know call out their name is Jesuit, uh, Jesuit High School in Dallas. They have pr- come here every week for, since the mid 1970s. So wow. we have had the longest uh, relationship with them. And not only do they come in and do their service with us, they also invite us to their school. We have dances, we have special Olympic field days. Um, during COVID, we were the only special Olympic, I mean, uh, school bringing special Olympic Olympians for sports because they did a one-on-one with the mask on. So they they have just gone the extra mile. We also have other relationships with elementary schools that have offered, you know, come for a field day, or we would like to go and do an art project uh, you know, with you guys. And so they will come into the school. And before that happens, I do have to mention that we like to go into the school and we talk to the students before they come in, especially if it's a, a K through eighth grade. Um, you know, let's talk about what we're, what we do. That's the same. Let's talk about what's different, you know, and we all have differences and we all have things that are same. We'll show a video of our kids at mass and they say, Oh, we go to mass. And then we'll say, okay, sometimes talking or communication is hard, but this is how, this is how we do it. There's nothing to be afraid of. So I have heard from other, you know, from the other uh, Catholic schools that have come into our school, that is, it is such, instead of their feeling that they're serving us, we have really given them a gift. I bet. Mm-hmm. I bet. Well, congratulations. Um, you should be very proud of what yeah. what you're doing for our community. <laughs> um, all right. Um, Chad Riley, Principal, Bishop Lynch High School. You are on. How are you today? Fine, Laura. Thanks so much for this uh, opportunity. Um, just like uh, Notre Dame School, we are about to celebrate our 60th birthday as well here at Bishop Lynch. And uh, when the school was founded in 1963, uh, it was established as a diocesan high school and still is a diocesan high school. Uh, we have about uh, just over a thousand students. <clears throat> but when the school was founded, it was staffed by Dominican sisters and friars. And so the school from the beginning has maintained a Dominican charism. And uh, that still animates the culture today. And we still rely on the four pillars of uh, the Dominican charism to animate the culture of Bishop Lynch. 
a famous Dominican saint. Many of us have heard of uh, St. Catherine of Siena, died in uh, 1380. <clears throat> she has a famous quote where she says, be who you are called to be and you will set the world on fire. And that is our why at Bishop Lynch. Uh, that, that concept of working with students to help them know who they are called to be in this world and uh, providing them the challenge and the opportunity and the mentoring to develop into those people that they are called to be, uh, and then knowing how to use those gifts at the service of other people. That, that is the purpose that we have here at Bishop Lynch. And um, the way that we do that, our, I guess you could say our how, is um, illustrated by the story of the disciples on the road to Emmaus. Uh, we often talk to the students about the importance of accompaniment and walking side by side with one another and also side by side with Jesus. And so that um, journey of accompaniment, walking together, discovery, learning, praying, um, debating together, that's, that is the way that we describe the culture that we have here at Bishop Lynch. And so uh, it's a, we are all on an Emmaus journey for four years, but hopefully it extends beyond four years. Hopefully it goes beyond uh, even 40 years um, so we hope that when families join us uh, in our community here at BL, that uh, they are in it for the rest of their lives. Um, we want that to be an Emmaus journey that extends beyond just the 720 days that we have the students here on our campus. Absolutely. So um, tell me about believing belonging. I noticed that um, the information about your school. What is, what is that we, about? we use that as a tagline, as a way to, to capture in a, in a very brief statement what our culture is like here at BL. Um, the believing part is uh, references the Catholic faith that animates the work that we do, and also a sense of um, acknowledgement of the importance of the individual person in who he or she is called to be as a child of God, which references that quote from St. Catherine of Siena. The belonging part is a, has become a really important part of the culture of Bishop Lynch, and uh, we have done that by involving and engaging our students to help us uh, form and inform our culture of belonging. And so we rely heavily on student engagement to help us with this process. Um, it has been such a tremendous asset to involve the students in this development of culture around belonging, how we try to foster a sense of belonging for all students who are here. Uh, we talk about all kinds of diversity, not only ethnic diversity, but socioeconomic diversity, neurodiversity, learning diversity. Um, we have students from 100 zip codes that also come here, um, and that's due in large part to a busing system that we have. But I really think the key to the belonging aspect is the student engagement. One of the things that has been so helpful for us is uh, to develop a student belonging board. Uh, it's a, a, an advisory board made up of students, and their job is to advise the school's administration on ways that we can foster a culture of belonging here at the school. Nice. Um, it allows students to have agency and allows students to have a voice. And they see things among themselves in the, and in the building that the adults do not see. Um, they are approaching the cultural belonging from a very unique perspective, and it gives them ownership of the culture. 
and they, they pass it on to one another. They form one another in the expectations of belonging. And it really has strengthened the community that we have here at Bishop Lynch by allowing students to be involved and engaged in the transmission of the culture. So leadership opportunities are very important. I know you have other opportunities at your school as well. Can you tell us a little bit about their leadership opportunities? The leadership has been really important for this development of culture. I mentioned the belonging board. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a really important uh, opportunity for leadership for the students. Uh, four years ago, we instituted a house system. And one of the reasons that we instituted a house system was to provide an opportunity for leadership development for the students. And so rather than having a traditional student government system, uh, our house system has dramatically expanded leadership opportunities for students. So we have eight houses. Um, each house is named after a Dominican saint. And so each house has their own leadership opportunities but the houses are divided up into smaller mentor groups as well, where um, a group of 25 students is assigned to a mentor. And so each mentor group uh, also has leadership opportunities as well. So we have leadership opportunities within the mentor groups, within the house system, and then we uh, have uh, traditional clubs and organizations with their own leadership structure. We've instituted a leadership class with its own curriculum as well. Um, so we've really tried to make leadership development a, a part of all the aspects of life at Bishop Lynch for the students. And we recognize the need to, to provide both formal and informal training for the students in leadership development as well. We don't, you know, you just can't put a student in a role and expect them to, to know how to be a leader. And so um, leadership development is something that's top of mind for us because we want to make sure that we are giving the students the tools that they need to be successful and effective in these specific leadership opportunities that they have, but also to prepare them for future opportunities in life and uh, just set them up for uh, those opportunities to be effective in their communities moving forward. Well, not only does it sound like a lot of fun for your students, what great opportunities you have for them. Thank you for sharing. You're welcome. So Chad Evans, you've been waiting a long time. I appreciate your patience, but you're just going to have to wait a little bit longer because we're going to pause for a word from our sponsor. And when we come back, we'll hear from Chad Evans, uh, principal at John Paul II High School in, in Texas. All right. Today's podcast is brought to you by America's Christian Credit Union, a silver level corporate partner with NCEA. Does your school have 25 or more employees? You may be eligible to receive up to $26,000 per employee through the employee retention tax credit. Even if your teachers are considered employees of the diocese, you may still qualify. Visit americaschristiancu.com slash ERC to book a consultation today. That's americaschristiancu.com slash ERC. Welcome back. Um, I'm here with principals from all over the Diocese of Dallas. And joining us now is Chad Evans, principal at John Paul II High School. Um, Thank you for being here. Tell us a little bit about your school. Oh, well, thank you very much. Uh, so John Paul II actually is right up the road from All Saints, uh, where uh, 
Shauna is and spoke earlier. So we are the, we were started in 2005 and John Paul II is the high school for the greater Collin County area of the, the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. So um, we, we service a, a large uh, a large area from, uh, you know, all the way over to the west, all uh, Louisville, all the way over to uh, the east and Lucas and Fairview. So we have a broad reach in northern Collin County and become the only option for people in, uh, in Collin County for a Catholic high school. John Paul uh, is a diocesan school, of course, and we've always been founded in uh, a good solid mission and vision statement uh, rooted in, in following in the footsteps of St. John Paul II. And we work at making sure that our kids are critical thinkers and uh, able to really decipher the truth in a world where the truth is uh, a little bit harder to find today. Yes. Uh, great, uh, you know, effective communicators. Uh, it's one thing to have something in your mind. It's another thing to be able to articulate what's in your mind. And of course, we, uh, we want our students to, uh, to, to develop into servant leaders, those that can give away what they've been fortunate enough to be given. And of course, all of that is rooted in their Catholic faith and their belief in what we all know is to be the, the great hope of Jesus Christ. So, Well, thank you. So you mentioned service opportunities. Can you tell us what that looks like at your school? For sure. So of course, we have the Kids are required to do service hours and so forth. But uh, at the beginning of the year, we do a big service fair. 15 to 20 different uh, nonprofit organizations come on campus and uh, all the students go through there and hope to make a personal connection for you know, what are they actually interested in and, and between what they're interested in all of the nonprofits that are there, kids make a connection with one of those but a lot of the kids are able to make connections uh, with multiple uh, of the nonprofits around the Dallas-Fort Worth area, which is really special for them. The other thing is, is just in-house service projects. You know, kids that are become part of honor societies, they are able to do our IC prep uh, for the uh, incoming eighth graders. We have students that do student uh, school ambassadors uh, they're student mentors, and then we have a, a special group of kids that are peer ministers within our ministry office. Uh, I think, as mentioned by the others here, it, it's it's one thing to just serve. It's another thing to actually re recognize why you serve, and uh, that becomes a big piece for all of us as we're teaching the kids uh, to understand that, you know, they're created by God, for God, and to serve God, and to love those around them. And, uh, you know, as I stated before, it's, it's very important for them to understand that the greatest gift that they can give is, uh, is what they've been given. And that is where true happiness and joy is actually found. So service opportunities are there, but actually understanding why you serve is, is very important. I have... Laura, I, I wanted to jump in real quick just to say, John Paul, they did a unified, they came to cheer with our cheerleaders. So, oh, John nice. Paul, they, so they did a unified group, which is, you know, those with disabilities and those, you know, neurotypical kiddos came together and they are not close. <laughs> they are pretty close 
in downtown Dallas and they were absolutely wonderful. Just, it was just a wonderful experience. And also Bishop Lynch, um, their choir comes every year and we have an alumni uh, from Bishop Lynch who also is on our staff now. So um, just had to throw that out there. Uh, I'm glad you did. That's great. Our cheerleaders even, I think, went all the way to uh, Disney World, didn't they? Florida, yes. Florida, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's not a bad place to go. No. <laughs> you know, and I, I like the way that you mentioned that you bring in the nonprofits because a lot of our students want to do service, but they don't know what options are out there. So exposing them to something and, and letting them um, have some sort of a personal connection, I think, is important to the buy-in to even begin to think about service. Um, So that's interesting. So in addition to your cheerleaders, you you say that 95% of your student body participates in co-curricular activities. Um, Why is this important and how do you accomplish this at your school? So John Paul II, we have a little bit more than 700 students and uh, we are in an area uh, of good public schools, but most of our public schools have at least 3,000 to 5,000 to 6,000 mm-hmm. students. Wow. And uh, for us, it's vitally important that we offer a lot of different activities for kids because we want them to get involved. It's what, it's how they, uh, as, as, as Chad was articulating earlier, it's how they feel like they belong. It's where they share experiences with their friends. It's mm-hmm. where they represent the school, something greater than themselves. And uh, it, it, it becomes part of who they are and it becomes part of their experience. And so by having just whether it's clubs or sports or whatever, we just put it out there for kids. And all of our coaches and sponsors understand the importance of uh, making sure to encourage all the kids to do whatever they wanna do and to play multiple sports play, you know, we have, because we're a small school, a kid will play on the football team, but then turn right back around and play in the band, or a kid will be a student ambassador at a big admissions a night, and then run in there and sing for the choir. So uh, (laughs) it's just, it's just really important because it's having a small school in an area where all the schools are really large. This is why people come to John Paul because they want to be now they want to be known by their name, they want to be known by their nature, and they want to be known by their needs. And uh, right. so, giving them all opportunities to get involved is really important to us. Very nice, and I'm sure those opportunities are available at all your schools. So, not only are our teachers and our administrators wearing several hats, our students have the opportunity to try on lots of hats too and see what they like and get that exposure. Um, that's great. So there's a lot of information on the walls of your schools. Um, And if you ever watch teachers at professional development, when they get to go visit another school, sometimes they're not listening at all to what's, what's being said. And you see their eyes scanning the classrooms, taking pictures, jotting down notes, and then sticking back to ask that teacher, what is this about? What do you do for this? And teachers so excited to share and send resources. I love this. And so I love this opportunity that teachers are going to have and administrators, superintendents um, are going to have to come visit your schools and see more and ask questions. So I I know when it comes to touring families, 
we have and and our students we have goals what is your goal when our our friends from ncea 23 come to your school what do you want them to remember about your school go ahead whoever would like to start i i I think whenever uh, they come to john paul we really want them to see our devotion to saint john paul ii there's a lot of uh, graphics around with pictures of him and just some uh, really amazing, insightful quotes and things about his life. Uh, so we really want people to see that, really want to celebrate uh, all of us, you know, I mean, all of us have lived through his papacy and we know the impact that he has had on our church, but most importantly on young people. Thank you. And I think um, at our school, you'll see a lot of the same things that you see at all of these other schools. When you walk into any school in this diocese, the first thing that you feel is that it's a Catholic school. Every school is so different and so unique, but we're all united by that one thing that sets us apart from everybody else. You'll walk into any of these schools and know that God is there every single day and see it in the kids and the teachers and the parents and just that mission just thrives in this diocese. That's very nice, Dan. I would say at Bishop Lynch, um, I would like for visitors to experience the presence of the Holy Spirit through the culture of belonging that we've been intentional about forming here at the school, culture of belonging. Thank you. Carmen? Oh, I guess I'll go next. I was waiting for Prashana. She's going to be last. (laughs) Um, You know, we do have have kind of a slogan here uh, on top of our our mission statement that we believe that each child is created in God's image and can reach their full potential, you know, with with love and with support. Uh, We also have our our slogan is kind of no limits, just possibilities. So when people walk into the school, I want to see that they see the possibilities and not the limitations. And I think when they come in, they will see that I interviewed for a teacher yesterday coming from public school up north where you are, John Paul, up in, I was Plano, Frisco. I've had several, you know, and we don't pay what public school is paying now. So I'm like, what's going on? But um, anyway, uh, and she said, I'm so surprised this is such a happy place. And I don't know, you know, there's a stereotypical um, view that people have when they walk into a school, especially if the students all have disability and they're, you know, whether it's Down syndrome or they're on the spectrum or, you know, other health impairments, um, they're always so surprised that it is you know, that it is a happy place and that our students are expected to be able to welcome people when they come in and they do. So, you know, that no limits, just possibilities is is really what I hope that they will see. Thank you. What about you, Shauna? Well, I want to echo what Diane said. I think our Catholic identity, as you can see from everyone speaking today, is really evident. Um, I want, you know, for all saints, we draw on the intercession of all the saints So we want people to feel we have a gallery of saints when you walk in. Each class picks a saint in kindergarten that they keep as their patron saint for nine years. And we move the plaques above the wall so they really um, get to know that saint. But I want them to know that our charism is excellence and each pillar of our excellence can neither can exist without the other. It's just as important to be smart as it is to be a person of virtue. Um, My philosophy is that education is really about the pursuit of truth. And that truth is with a capital T is Jesus Christ. And, you know, when you set foot in any of our schools, um, it should be a transformational experience. The Catholic education is incarnational. 
And when you go into a Catholic school, you should know you're in a truly um, special place, a place where you encounter the living God through um, sacraments, through liturgy, but also in the daily interactions with the teachers and students. So um, I think we are doing a great job as a diocese, and I'm just um, really grateful for the opportunity to showcase our schools. Thank you. So my friends that are listening, not only does the Diocese of Dallas have wonderful schools, you can see they have some wonderful leaders. And and Chad, I know you're going to be doing a session at convention as well on leadership. Is that correct? Yes. Um, our school president, uh, Chris Reebuck, he and I are both presenting on the topic of distributed leadership. And uh, what the, um, the idea behind that is that as we look ahead to the future of leadership in Catholic schools, we realize that there's a potential crisis uh, with the numbers of people that are interested in becoming leaders of Catholic schools. And so we, we would like to talk about a model of distributed leadership that can perhaps make the exercise and the practice of leadership in Catholic schools more effective and also more attractive to people. So it doesn't seem quite so overwhelming and daunting of a task. Um, we very much care about the future of Catholic education and are doing what we hope is our part to foster uh, leadership succession for all Catholic education. Well, and I hear you two are quite the dynamic duo. So I, folks should look forward to that opportunity to attend your session. So shout outs today. Anybody have a shout out? Go ahead, shout it out. I hope you will come see Notre Dame of Dallas School as it is a unique school um, and a gem of the diocese as we've been told. Um, we've, and we've done this for a very long time. And I think that it would just be quite a wonderful experience to mm -hmm. see a Catholic school that educates um, children, students, and adults with disabilities. Um, it's a fun place. So come out and see us. And uh, we're even willing to bring our own bus. So you won't have to wait for another bus. Uh, uh, so um, I'm looking forward to just meeting, you know, sharing our story and having, um, you know, NCA members come in and visit. Thank you, Carmen. I'll give a shout out to our teachers. Um, we are a three-time Blue Ribbon School. You asked me, Laura, why we were. And I, I want to give a shout out to the teachers because even during the pandemic, these men and women um, got those kiddos where they needed to be. Um, to get the scores to qualify for Blue Ribbon. So um, come see a really unique um, school where we focus on the real world application, excellence is our charism, and that you're gonna find um, an academically rigorous, authentically Catholic school um, where we have a lot of fun, so. Thank you. Laura, I'd like to give a shout out to uh, my counterpart uh, in name, Chad Evans, as well as his uh, principal, um, Kayla Brown. So Chad and Kayla are both new leaders at J John Paul II uh, High School this year. And they have really done a phenomenal job in this first year of coming together as a team and also working in a collaborative relationship with the administration here at Bishop Lynch, especially uh, Mr. Rebuck and I really have enjoyed working with Chad and Kayla. Um, I think that they are bringing a perspective of faith to their work that is going to bear much fruit in the years ahead for John Paul II. And it's exciting to watch them uh, coming together as a team, uh, working on their own leadership development uh, for themselves, but also for the rest of the faculty and staff at John Paul II. And so they're doing wonderful work. 
and just want to acknowledge the fact that they have just done such tremendous things in a very short amount of time at John Paul II. Wow, congratulations. And thank you for that wonderful shout out. Thank, I have to go next. Sorry, Diane. <laughs> no, thank you very much for that, Chad. Uh, I, I shout out to uh, everybody in the Diocese of Dallas. Uh, I, I feel like, I, you know, I, of course, I'm born and raised here, and you can probably tell by my voice, but uh, <laughs> I, I'm very, very proud of the Diocese of Dallas and where we are as a diocese and where we are as a, a system of schools. Uh, once again, probably biased, but I do think that we have the best schools and the best leaders uh, all across high school to our parochial schools and everything. We are a thriving diocese. Uh, all of our schools are growing. They're strong and uh, they're just doing some wonderful, wonderful things. The, the whole Diocese of Dallas is also, it's a vibrant faith community. I mean, we have some seriously devout people in Dallas. And uh, the fact that we get to host the NCEA and to share that with America is really, really exciting. And uh, my hope and prayer is that anybody that comes to John Paul recognizes that, you know what, we're, we're a part of something really, really special. We're a special school, but we're also a part of a really special diocese. Yeah. Yep. I was going to say the same thing, Chad. I agree 100%. I think, you know, COVID was hard on all of us, but there was such a silver lining in it that our administrators, I think, came together and just joined together to be such a strong team that no matter which school that you go to, to visit, you will just see this come through from the administration down to the teachers, to the office staff, the custodians. All of our people in this diocese are in it for the mission and for the kids and for our faith. And it's really so great to be a part of it. And I really think that when the educators from around the country come to see it, it's just going to be so visible and vibrant. Um, and I'm excited to, uh, to share that with all of the other educators. Well, thank you so much. I, I know it's a lot of work to have um, guests on your campus, especially on a week where we're hosting a convention. So we are all excited about coming to your schools. I know I want to jump on one of those buses and get to, now the only problem is which school to go to. Um, as, as promised, I, I will let our listeners know, if you haven't signed up to visit one of our schools, when you go to register for NCEA 2023, you have the option to sign up for one of the schools as long as you're registered for our convention. The bus ride is free and there'll be 50 guests that get to go to each school. Um, when those 50 spots are full, then that's it. So first come, first serve. There will be 350 spots, seven schools. You've heard from many of them today. Um, again, we're excited and we can't wait. And, you know, I'm feeling emotional. I'm feeling pumped. I can't wait to come see you guys there in Dallas. Um, thank you. It's been a joy speaking with all of you today. Um, Thank, thank you, Laura. So Thank you. Thank you very thank much. Thank you. So don't forget the most valuable resource we have is each other. Do you or someone you know have something worth sharing? Let us know. We could be visiting your diocese and introducing you as our next podcast guest. Thank you.